Thank you for joining the Focused Athlete Podcast. I'm Sarah Cavell from EI Focus, and today we're talking to Shana Hammond. She was a gymnast and collegiate softball player. She's also the CEO of Shana Renee. This conversation was so much fun. Shana is so in tune with her body, and she talks about how this body connection, awareness, and body love really has helped her, and and not just her, but how she shares this knowledge and information with her clients, her executives that she works, um, that she coaches. And I can't wait for you to hear a little bit more about this because I love how she explains to us, you know, all of our emotions were in our body. And if we can tap into that and we can learn how to express and release, we're going to be able to have control and manage what happens next. So enjoy this conversation with Shana today. Thank you so much. Good morning, Shana. It's so nice to see you. You too, Sarah. Thanks for having me. And I would just like to first off introduce you. This is Shana Hammond, and she is the founder and head coach of Teach to Lead. And she was an incredible gymnast, uh, made it to the highest levels in gymnastics, and then transitioned into basketball and softball and played at the collegiate level in, in softball. And so I would just love to start off by just asking you, you know, as an athlete, how do you manage all those emotions? How did you manage emotions and how do you manage emotions when they come up in your sport? Yeah, it's a great question. Thanks again for having me. You know, I started gymnastics when I was four. And so anyone who, you know, starts a sport that young, you tend to develop a pretty keen relationship and clear relationship with your body. And so at a very, very young age, I learned how to, you know, I learned different postures, I learned how to increase my strength. And so I was always kind of hyper aware of how my body was reacting to different environments. And I kind of understood at a very young age how to move my body in the ways that maybe I thought I couldn't before and through coaching and, you know, <laughs> through practice could then do it kind of later on. And so learning that kind of that relationship between practice um, and then control of the body has definitely still informed my mindfulness work with leaders and executives and really calling them to be more mindful of their breathing, more mindful of how they care for their bodies and how that impacts how they lead and how they show up with different um, communities, with their teammates, with their, with their organizations. Um, and for me personally, as an entrepreneur, as a mom, um, you know, I, I very much first focus on, on my body. I'm dressed now. I have my <laughs> workout clothes here. I have a treadmill desk that I have. I walk and work <laughs> often. Um, and that's definitely informed by my very early age, those early days in the gym, constantly, <laughs> you know, paying attention to how my body kind of works. And it's through that body work that really, that's how my confidence from a very young age was formed. Um, and I see that, that link, even as an adult, I notice, you know, there are kind of slips in terms of my performance and how I show up when I'm not using my body as much as my body's used to being used. And so it's a very integral part of my life. Yeah, that 
body, that body awareness, um, what are some ways that you, you know, what do you mean exactly then when you check in with your body? Like, how do you know, is it, you mentioned the breath, um, yes. do you have like a specific little practice that you do in order to check in, um, what, how does it work for you? Yeah, there are a couple of practices. So I am a daily meditator. So I do meditate each day and just do a body scan from head to toe. I start at my crown. Um, I set an intention to kind of just open up my aura, open up my body, um, and just literally think through and breathe into different parts of my body from head all the way down to toes. And when I do that body scan, sometimes I'll notice tension. Sometimes I'll notice tightness. I tend to carry my stress in my shoulders um, and in my neck. Um, I've also learned around the, you know, along the way about chakras and chakra energy and how sometimes, you know, if I feel a little tension in my tummy, oftentimes that's indication that I am working through fear. Um, whether I am aware of it in my intellectually yet, my body's aware. Um, something I always say is my body never lies. Um, so body scan is important. Meditation is important in terms of also breathing into those different spots that have tension. Um, stretching is also a practice um, that I need to do a lot. Um, former gymnasts out there, <laughs> like I think we probably get tight probably more so than others um, because we just have used those kind of major muscles um, at such a young, tiny age. And so my muscles tend to, especially in my hamstrings, tend to get really tight. Mm. And so a practice that I often do is just stretching as soon as I wake up. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as I'm getting out, just making sure, you know, everything's circulating and moving, um, especially as I get older, it's, it becomes more and more important to do that. Um, and then the last piece is really just breathing, mm -hmm. um, deep breathing. Um, I do a lot of it with my leaders. We do, I teach, um, you know, resonant breathing and, and how to kind of slow down your heart rate and bring yourself back to a place of resonance. Uh, by breathing more intentionally and deeply and slowly. Um, that tends to help me, especially if I know I have a high impact day with a lot of presentations that I'm a little anxious about. I'll pay a little bit more attention to my breathing that morning. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, that sounds like, it, you know, translating the, the busy day as an executive or as a leader with, the, with your clients and you're currently um, into competition too as an athlete you know, when we have those big moments, like we're on like in it and we have to give it our all. Um, yeah. and so I love these practices that you give because it is, it's, these are practices that have to happen before the big day. Yes. <laughs> so that you're not learning them on the spot, you know, whether it's in a meeting, a really important meeting or right. that competition where you, you, you're going for gold or whatever it might be for you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And you just reminded me of another practice. I actually learned as a gymnast. Um, I was so young. I don't know what they called it then. Um, I was maybe six or seven. Um, and I remember we, um, our coaches, and we had some guest coaches come in. I remember it was a special day because our rotations were shorter than usual. And they had us lie on the floor and do a visualization exercise and visualize ourselves, you know, going through our entire routine doing it really well and having fun while doing it and evoking that emotion that we wanted to feel while doing it really well. Um, I didn't know, of course, when I was seven that that was visualization, 
and didn't know the power of that practice until much older. But that's something that, you know, I experienced, um, you know, as a young person and would do it over and over before the big competition. And it's something I do now as a leader and I coach other leaders to do it. Um, and so glad that, you know, I had that exposure so young because to me, it was just like, well, that's what everyone does, right? You know, I didn't know any different. Yeah. So picturing yourself like your best self, whether mm -hmm. in that competition, being in the, you know, moving your body in the way that you've been trained to, mm -hmm. it's working with leaders and, and helping them, uh, you know, visualize what is the best self because it's kind exactly. of pause to be like, to, to actually be able to answer that question. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What are some ways that you use you know, these mindfulness practices or the emotional intelligence pieces in um, helping you deal with setbacks as an athlete? Yeah. So um, the stretching, of course, setbacks as an athlete, of course, the stretching piece was huge in, in terms of reducing, you know, um, injuries, like a lot of former gymnasts, I have some weak ankles um, from landing so toughly and hardly, you know, over the years. Um, and so, of course, stretching, which I said, you know, before I kind of also just go and put into my daily life, it just helps me feel more relaxed in general. Um, in terms of setbacks, too, I think for me, one of the things I love about sports, um, it's the relationship building, it's the community building. And so I was oftentimes asked to be, you know, the captain of the team. Um, and I just have always had kind of a coaching cheerleading spirit, if you will. Um, that's just something that feeds me, even when I have my own setback, it helps to still give and still be there for my teammates. Um, and so, and I've noticed that in my, in my life, right? Like, I don't think it's by accident that I am a, you know, an executive and life coach. Um, and, you know, I'm balancing two businesses. I love entrepreneurship for that reason. Um, and it's because I had all of these kind of moments in sports where, you know, I was not only called to bounce back from my own setback but also charged with making sure I was cultivating a culture where that's what we did. You know, we bounced back, we learned from, we didn't kind of stay down. We got right back up and we kept moving. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and particularly when I think about, um, particularly in softball, uh, from the very young age, when I first started softball in middle school, so I started a little later um, and because I was, you know, um, had done gymnastics for so long, was able to kind of transfer a lot of my skills and very early on was asked to be, you know, the, the captain of a couple teams. I played on a neighborhood team and played on a, um, the school team. Um, and I just remember I have vivid memories of, you know, having to kind of step into that role to get the team back on track. Um, to get myself first back on track <laughs> and then, you know, get the team. And it's almost like in practice, I kind of learned that connection between self and team that I can't ask anything of my team. I'm not doing myself. Uh, and so sports really helped me figure that out quickly. Uh, it's so interesting. I, when you're talking, I'm envisioning that, an, that analogy that many of us hear the, the oxygen mass, like, yes, <laughs> how do we deal with our own, like setback? And yeah. sometimes it's a split second, like we've got to deal with our own so that we can be there for our teammates because it, it's all happening right then. 
Exactly. Uh, <laughs> In real time. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. What are some of those ways? I mean, you've talked about, uh, po- I'm hearing you talk about positive outlook and, and, mm-hmm. and how you, you know, looking for those, you know, golden moments or something to get you back to the present moment and to get that oxygen mask on yourself. Yeah. What are, what are, what's something else that comes up for you in that moment that, you know, maybe another athlete would be able to learn from, like, how do you get up and flip that? <laughs> yeah. Some of it is literally getting it out. So something that I used to do um, was internalize my shortcomings. Like I would just like, I get so like internally frustrated and I learned over time that would actually have made it worse. I would kind of stay in that place. Whereas when I would like specifically in softball and I would like kind of hit my glove like, ah, and kind of do that and just get the feeling out. Oftentimes it helped me. I kind of just released it. And then I was ready to like, all right, guys, we got two outs, like, let's go, you know, and then I'm back in. But I would just say just getting it out, um, audibly out, and using your body in some sort of way to get the tension and frustration out um, will help you move from basically experience the emotion of frustration or anger um, or just, you know, disappointment (laughs) to get it out. And then, you know, decide to, all right, I have a new, I have a new opportunity. (laughs) We're up next or, you know, whatever sport it may be like next play, I'm on it. But there has to be that um, permission basically that you give to yourself to go ahead and express the the emotion, Um, you know, express it quickly, directly, (laughs) hopefully responsibly in a sportsmanlike way. Um, But you need to get it out instead of internalizing it. Mm -hmm. Yes, I think that's so great that you found what worked for you. Yeah, I was like, "Ah." yeah, athletes gonna have theirs, and so even Mm -hmm. to pause, like at practice, to what is that thing that you notice you helps you get your emotion out so that you can Mm -hmm. move on. Yep. How then? Okay, taking you, you've managed yourself, and now you've got to motivate your teammates. What are some ways that you do that? Yeah. So. I'm trying to, I'm thinking back to things that they've said that were particularly helpful or motivating for them. Um, I think, so I do a lot of training around this too, but giving direct feedback with compassion. So there was actually, there's actually a, um, a Huffington Post article about this, um, specifically called Compassionate Directness, which I'm a huge proponent of, um, which is really just like being really direct and honest with people. Um, with care about, you know, the impact that their work is having, that their words are having, um, and doing it in a balanced way and, you know, making sure it's both affirming and adjusting feedback. Um, People want to do good, you know, they want to do a good job. And so what's very motivating for people is getting that feedback and letting them know, you know, whether they're on the right track, how they can maybe do it a little bit differently, a little bit better. Um, that's, that's what I've been told is very motivating. And then of course, making sure that there's a culture of belonging. Mm. I probably learned this best as a teacher. Mm. Um, when my first, uh, back in 2002, I called the classroom, uh, the home of the high achievers. And we together talked about what a high achiever is. This is a group of third graders. So eight-year-olds. Um, and we came up with this long list of what a high achiever is. And every single morning we would set goals and intentions for the day around how we were going to be high achievers. And so 
And I do and have done a kind of like, you know, a segment of that, if you will, with my different teams over the years where we created a culture together and said, you know, here's, I said, you know, here's the mission, here's the vision, here are the values, here's where I'm thinking. How can you add to this? Um, instead of looking for culture fits, I look for culture ads. How can you add to this culture? How can you make us better? What about your life experience, your background, the intersections of your identity? How are they going to make us even better at serving the people we're, we're intending to serve? Um, and how are you also going to make it more fun? You know, and so it's really about making sure I'm setting the conditions and the environment, whether it's as a captain of a team or the you know, founder of organization, it's my job to set the stage and set the environment and conditions for everybody else in that ecosystem to perform at a high level. Mm. And so I have to be really intentional about how I give feedback, about the language I use, um, about what we call ourselves and the work that we do, making sure everyone's clear about what it is we're doing, what it is what it, and what it means to win. You know, what is that criteria for success? Like in sports, it's a little, you know, it's a little more clear we're trying to win, but there's also like, you know, in terms of how, what does that look like? What does it look like to, you know, have everyone be a part of that, that success um, and for everyone to play a role? Um, and what does it mean for people to switch roles midstream, you know, and really know your players and know your people and know how to kind of shift and move? Um, that's when the magic happens. Yes. Wow. When you're talking, I'm just envisioning like this entire like system just moving as <laughs> one. That's incredible. Yeah. What would you say as an athlete or leader is your secret weapon? Ah, my secret weapon. My mind first went to my intuition. Um, and I think, you know, intuition is something that I have learned over the years to trust more and more. Um, that's part of the reason why I love doing the work with around emotional intelligence and what it means to really be able to connect with a wide range of people, to be able to read a room, to adjust your emotions um, such that you're having that effect where everyone's moving in the same direction, right? Still looking differently in their own unique way, but same direction. Um, I think my secret weapon is like being... It, it's like intuition with a little bit of also listening. I have, you know, really tried to hone my skill of listening, not only to, only to what's said, but what's not said. Um, and really staying in that, that kind of stance of curiosity um, and then being able to then attach my kind of intuition to then understand what, you know, decisions to make moving forward, whether that's who to hire, whether that's how to break down a really complex concept like racism for a specific client. Um, and it's, it's those small decisions that are guided by my intuition um, that I think helped me a lot along the way. When I hear you say intuition and I kind of watch your body, I'm, I'm wondering if that has to do with where we started in this conversation where you check in with what's coming up for you in your body. <laughs> I'm sure there's a connection, yeah. right? You know, there's, um, that goes to me, the, there's the book, um, I think it's The Body Keeps Score. There are so many books around somatics and um, how it plays into how you relate to yourself and other people. I definitely think there's a connection there. Um, and I'm just very grateful to have been in sports again at such an early age to gain that body awareness and that body love, you know, like, 
um, for me, body awareness and love was all about like how well I could move it and how strong I am. You know, it was never about image or anything like that. Um, and so I'm very, very grateful for that, especially as a woman, I'm very grateful for that. And I do think it probably because I know how to kind of ground my body and ground myself, we hold everything, of course, all of our emotions in our bodies. And that knowledge base of knowing how to release when I need to release something yes. <laughs> um, has been really helpful. Yes. Uh, well, thank you so much, Shana, for sharing your incredible wisdom and your insights into, you know, you're connecting your body, your mind into your sport, your leadership. Like, thank you so much. Of course. Thanks for having me. So great to talk to you and we'll see you again soon. Okay. Sounds good. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you everyone for joining us today on the Focused Athlete Podcast. We would love to stay connected. So please follow us on Instagram at EI underscore focus, on Facebook at EI Focus, on our LinkedIn page at EI Focus. And for lots more information and upcoming events, www.eifocus.org. Thank you so much and see you at the next podcast.